At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not so great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, what's the podcast? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that gets a lot of water thrown on it, and then it's okay. It's Sif Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or Tuesday evenings, or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he knows how to make a six look just like a two. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy! Uh, Each week, we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. All he needs to survive is a phone, a Guinness, and the sheet music to rule Britannia. It's Ian Whittington! Hello there! Hey, Ian. Hello. Glad to have you back. Still in town, hanging out with us. There was, a, there was a funny moment where Andrew realized that we were in the same room. <laughs> it was yeah. amazing. It's During great. our pre-show, our members' pre-show. Uh, well, wait, are you together? Yeah, last week uh, I was listening to the show on the podcast, and I don't remember mm-hmm. you guys saying you were in the same room. Right, right, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, but, we may not have done. Yeah. No, no, but I do not. remember... Ian totally showed me up with a super seductive British intro of patrons get perks. And I was like, patrons man. Patrons get those perks. 
Yes, I was like, man, that's what I need to start doing. That's right. That's right. Learn a little something, something. Nice. From the guy from across the pond. Uh, yeah, my favorite part was that the moment you figured it out was when I adjusted the temperature in the room because Ian was hot and you were trying to figure out how I was adjusting the temperature from across the complete Atlantic Ocean. Uh-huh. In um, my room. In Ian's room. Uh-huh. Uh, that was so amazing. accommodating here. It was great. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, well, we are being, I was like, we- man, technology. Technology's crazy nowadays. <laughs> uh, wait till you hear about the cameras I have installed at this place. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. I didn't say anything. It's an American anything. thing. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry. Okay. About it. It's just yeah, just yeah. little cultural differences. No big, no big deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we are excited to do a little more kind of awards reviews. Like mm-hmm. both the movies yeah. today are kind of awards contenders in acting categories as well as uh, movie categories. And uh, it's good to be able to do that. It's just, it's such a crazy end of the year with everything coming out. Mm -hmm. Uh, There will be things that we miss as like a main review. Hopefully we get to them as like buried treasures or those kind of things but you know including spending time with a guest that has come all the way from england aaron has spent six days not here with me that's right just just watching movies and getting flown out to new york by netflix i have been the man of the house and i have touched all of his things well uh yes we may need to clarify we may need to clarify (laughs) no Uh, clarification needed okay fair enough uh, didn't even tell me he was in town. I know. This is, I mean, I said to Aaron, we should probably tell Andrew. And he's like, nah. You did not. How dare you? How dare you, sir? How dare you come in here, bark at me like some sort of junkyard dog? Oh, my. Sorry, I got lost in a he little bit of really Jack Ryan. Wild there. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to do a best ever challenge on uh, Joaquin Phoenix movies uh, since he yes. is in Come On, Come On. Uh, of course, we'll do our buried treasure, and then we'll review uh, Belfast and Come On, Come On this week. So let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, start off by reviewing Belfast. Mama says if we went across the water, they wouldn't understand the way we talk. If they can't understand you, and they're not listening, you know who you are, don't you? Your buddy from Belfast, where everybody knows you. to cleanse the community away, but you wouldn't want to be the old man out in the street. Touch my family and I'll kill you. Are we going to have to leave Belfast? We'll fight this together. This is it. This is what? This is war. Buddy is a young boy on the cusp of adolescence whose life is filled with familial love, childhood hijinks, and a blossoming romance. Yet, with his beloved hometown caught up in increasing turmoil, his family faces a momentous choice. Hope the conflict will pass or leave everything they know behind for a new life. Uh, Belfast comes to us from director Kenneth Brana. Uh, and Brana. Br- or Brana, if you Brana. prefer. <laughs> Jude Hill uh, plays the child in this. And then you've got Judy Dench who you know uh probably and Jamie Dornan uh mm-hmm. who you may know uh playing some roles in the family as well but this is really about about buddy this is yeah. buddy's story and buddy is a stand in for Kenneth uh growing up in the Belfast area and what he um dealt with uh and it's an interesting mix of nostalgia and history and all sorts of stuff. What did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Ian, kick us off. Loved it, loved it, loved <laughs> it. Oh my gosh, I loved it. Yeah, 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 I really did. Andrew, what about you? I really liked uh, 
Irish Roma. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Iroma. Yeah. Yeah. Iroma. <laughs> My aroma. Yes. Rome fast. Exactly. Aaron. Yeah, I I think I'm going to land firmly in the liked it category uh, for me. Oh, I'm getting I'm getting a grimace uh, from no, it's Ian. Fine. It's uh, fine. No, Ian's I, like you're allowed to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Every Everyone's once in a while, once, every once, once in a while, I'm yeah. allowed to be wrong. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about it a little more. Obviously, Ian, you uh, adore this movie. So yeah, why don't really you kick like us it. off? What What are some things you like about it? Um, so I've never actually been to. You've given me a complex about how I say Ireland. I, I, <laughs> I'm so wait, sorry. I have say al- that again? No, no, no. So I've always said Ireland. Uh-huh. But he's like, so what island is that? I was like, no, so Ireland. But he's like, put some extra syllables in it. That's right. Say Ireland. 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 So you say it, island. Island. I, just island, yeah. Yes, so, yeah. Or I say it really quickly so no one notices. Um, <laughs> so I, I've never actually been to Ireland. I've actually, my first trip... Um, will be to Dublin in two weeks, which will be really oh, fun. Nice. Um, you can't wait for that. I've seen some friends over there. Um, but these streets seem so familiar because I mean it's basically mm. the same as as England. They'll hate me saying that, but geographically and stylistically, it looks the same. So um, black and white. Yeah, black and white. We're all black <laughs> and white. There was lots of lots of tea being drunk, which made me feel very much at home. Mm-hmm. But it just seemed really, really familiar, and it. Uh, it's a period of time that we're taught about in school quite a bit, the Troubles. Um, and it's probably one of the things that are going to be blamed on England as well. We definitely had a hand in in causing a lot of this. But it's just a really, really sweet look at a period of history that I'm really familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was just done really, really... I think it was a good balance of nostalgia and, like you said, history and... It, I know it's pulling from his real experiences, but just how a lot of the relationships are portrayed and the the difficulty mm-hmm. of having a job in a different country, maintaining a family, making those difficult decisions for your children and what's best for them. Do mm-hmm. you want them to grow up the way that you did or do you want them to be safe? Right. Wh- which one is it? And balancing yeah. culture with doing something new and maybe letting go of a bit of that. So, yeah, I loved it. I, w- I wonder how much of it was the geographical thing, too, and mm-hmm. just, you know, culturally, it's it's definitely something that you're aware. going yeah. to be a lot closer to mm-hmm. than, than we are. However, I think any of us can identify with, you know, ideas of social unrest mm-hmm. and those kind of things, although in this case, it's more severe than that, right? Oh, this was this was a religious war, it's right? It's a blood feud. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. What about you, Andrew? What are some of your thoughts? Well, just this is just going to show my ignorance of it all. Uh, it does take place, as we said, in Belfast, Ireland, obviously. I thought that the uh, the antagonistic group that they were, uh, you know, confronting was the IRA, but it's not. They were, no. I guess it's called the Troubles, which was a, uh, uh, a Catholic, uh, Roman Catholics versus Protestant, you know, mindset, which... Uh, I thought it was really interesting. I had to get that out of the way before I <clears throat> gushed sure. out all over the good things mm-hmm. about this movie. What I love about this movie is um, how intimate it is. It's mm-hmm. a very intimate and personal movie, and you can tell that this comes from a place of familiarity from Kenneth Branagh. You know, this mm-hmm. you could just like this must look exactly like the street that he grew up on. Uh, I love how you know everybody knew the neighbors, and it was just. A communal family, like what you see in 
uh, like cities like New York and, you know, bigger cities where, you know, where a giant conglomerate of people all cram-packed together kind of form, you know, a, a tribe of in some sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really, really, uh, that's one of those great things that you don't see a lot in movies. And it, it only happens whenever you can definitely tell that a movie was made with love and care and memories. Uh, another thing, Buddy the Kid is just, I forget, what'd you say the name of the actor was again? Uh, Jude Hill. Jude Hill. Oh, mm-hmm. so good. So yeah. good. Yeah. The adorableness meter was off the charts. So he, he just- sent, <laughs> uh, so, you know, they do award stuff and they'll send you like books or that kind of stuff. They sent yeah. a package of, um, Belfast stuff and it included a handwritten letter from Jude Hill, uh, and just was the most adorable little thing. He was just like, thank you for watching my movie. I really had fun. So good. Yeah, it was a lot. And a a chocolate bar from England that (laughs) ruined Aaron. It destroyed him. So they have, they have a chocolate bar over there. You'll have to remind me that it's like crunchy or something. It's called crunchy. Yeah. That's, is that, did I get it right? It's actually just called crunchy bar. So it's called a crunchy bar, and it's basically just like straight <laughs> sugar honeycomb surrounded by chocolate, yep. and it was so sweet. I've never had candy that sweet before in my life. And he like he passed it to me before. I was like, do you want some? And I was like, nope, I'm just going <laughs> to let you have this one. So anyhow, yeah. yeah. So that came along with the handwritten letter from Jude Hill, but I just mentioned that because he is adorable, and he's adorable in this movie. Yeah. And So yeah. sweet. Yeah. Um, the, the relationship between uh, Buddy... And his grandparents, which is Judy Dench and uh, Kieran Hines, mm-hmm. is like so amazing. It's such a like a positive, like um, the world is yeah. your oyster kind of a thing, and the joy that he that he gets from them, but also that they get from him. You know, that just that mm-hmm. give of love is just so infectious. You feel it come through the screen. And also the relationship between Judy D- Dench and <laughs> Kieran Hines, you know, just that, uh, oh, I've been married to you for a thousand years and mm-hmm. I get tired of your crap, but I still love you more than life itself is, yeah. is one of those just adorable relationships. And it's one that you can kind of possibly see Jamie Dornan uh, and uh, is it Catriona? I believe uh, so. Yeah. That they would grow up to be that couple, you know, mm-hmm. that they would grow up eventually to be Granny and Pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's so it, good. It is interesting too that the official character names uh, for these characters are Ma, Ma Pa, yeah. Granny, and Pop. Pop. And from it's the just, point of view of, of it's of Benny, all yeah. from Kenneth's point of view, mm-hmm. and that's and I think the movie sings because of it. You mentioned Roma, um, which I will. Rementioned again when I talk uh, about uh, one of my negatives, but I did want to say the other movie that came to mind was Life is Beautiful. And it is one of the things I love about this movie that you guys haven't mentioned yet <laughs> is that it takes a really traumatic thing mm-hmm. and yet somehow makes it feel beautiful and nostalgic yeah. and like, you know, all the all the little cute, you know, kid romance or, you know, whatever you want to call it, friendship um, yeah. that, that he has with this little girl. And, like, all that stuff is so adorable. And uh, the conversations he's having with uh, the older kid in town. Yeah. That's not his sister, right? He's a... He, no, no, okay. no, no, no. I think it's it was somebody a, that's uh, in the same like a school. cousin. Yeah, like, yeah, a cousin mm. or a neighbor or something. Yeah. Uh, those no, conversations about... I think he only had about, a brother. 
Those conversations about uh, how to appear to be Protestant or Catholic. <laughs> I love that were so much. So oh. fun. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, what's the difference? And how do you know one? Oh, it's their name. I was like, well, <laughs> William, that's definitely Protestant. Yeah, but we know he's Catholic. <laughs> yeah. And it's just how ridiculous all of those delineations and all of those the things mm-hmm. that separate people, how ridiculous they are mm-hmm. from a child's eyes. And it reminds us that as adults, we should probably remember how ridiculous it is as yeah. well. Yeah. It's great. No, it's it's all really, really good, and uh, I loved, loved, loved that stuff. And you guys already mentioned a lot of the other stuff that I really liked and put it firmly in the like uh, camp, including the performances, mm-hmm. uh, including how cute Jude Hill is, uh, including yeah. the beautiful relationship between Granny and Pop. Um, you we know. didn't, like, Judy Dench is quite hard to recognize, and she great. know it's yeah. her. Um, I thought it was fantastic. June Squibb for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can I can forgive you for making that mistake. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really uh, interesting makeup job, right? Like yeah. or a yeah. costuming job would probably be the better way yeah. to say it. But um, no, she's absolutely great in it. Uh, I can shift into what I was talking about with Roma. It, there is something about this movie that occasionally feels a little bit light to me. Um, and I don't know if that's a me thing or or yes. what what <laughs> or what I wanted the movie to do, but I just I got to the end of it and I was just like, oh, that was nice, you mm-hmm. know. It was like it was just like, oh, that's that's like a that's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, man. Like yeah. it was, yeah. you know, it was good. Um, and you know, I think I wanted it to be more. Um, and so when I think of like Roma, I think of you know how deep the themes were and those kind of things, and they're yeah. just. And there is also the element of the black and white, where mm-hmm. it was just like I get what we're doing with it here. It makes like the there is a, a an attempt to show the beauty of art through how color is used uh, mm. in this in this movie. But at the same time, I just kind of wanted the whole thing to be in color <laughs> and use something else. Yeah, as a rule, I agree. I don't like the black and white thing, but and it won't be the last black and white movie we oh, talk about no. today. So no. yeah. But it kind of really worked for me in this film because of the time in which it's set. It kind of gives it a, a nice little texture to it and puts you firmly in the past. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's worth it for seeing cinema and even the stage play in colour and just how that is. Um, that's Benny's way of escaping and capturing his imagination. Yeah. Um, that yeah. was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my one thing about the black and white color thing is that I didn't understand the uh, the intention behind certain elements being in color. I'll say, like, uh, there there are shots in this movie that are in full color, and honestly, for a minute, I thought I was in the wrong theater because the movie starts out in color, um, but then uh, it goes to black and white, and then there are times like. When they go to the movies and mm-hmm. uh, the movie is in color, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe it's just like a we're supposed to see everything that Buddy, like as a child, you know, is black mm-hmm. and white. It's a memory, you know, but there are some elements like seeing a movie, you know, is in full color. Oh, and by the way, whenever uh, Catriona like smacks Jamie Dornan for going to see the Raquel Welch caveman movie, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, but it does bring up something that I want to talk about is how the way this movie is shot. And what I thought was incredible is that Kenneth Branagh is, like we said in the pre-show, known for doing a lot of Dutch angles and stuff, which I don't remember there being a, a crazy amount, if really any, Dutch angles in this movie. But what I thought was so 
great is that, I don't know if you guys caught this or not, um, whatever movie they went and saw, like, in the theater, the, the preceding shots would be shot in the same style. Like, uh, they went and saw a western, and then uh, after that, there's uh, a scene where Jamie Dornan is, like, doing a standoff mm-hmm. in his front porch yeah. with these guys, and it feels very much like a western. And mm-hmm. I thought that that was such an interesting way to change the stylization while still all being in black and white. But for a minute there, I'm like, am I watching an Irish western? I'm okay <laughs> with this. It's weird, but I'm here for it. Yeah. Um there's yeah, definitely so some elements it, of that, like get out of my town and you don't belong here and don't show your face again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it very Not much... room enough for the both of us in this <laughs> town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, that's a really good Western. You guys need to go check it out. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought that it really is like Kenneth Branagh is stretching his creative muscles with the one, this one because it is so personal to him. So he wants to put his best foot forward. So congrats, man. He did a great job here. A great job. I, I agree. I 100% agree. I, I just... The thing I have with this is... And you're right about how the the movie echoes the entertainment that's seen. You're right about when color is used. It has to do with creativity and art. And I think what we're supposed to be learning from all of this is what activated Kenneth Branagh as a child, right? Like, you know, we're all from his perspective. We're all from kind of him experiencing this world. And we are supposed to be gathering a glimpse, a window into why he's a movie director, right? Because these are the things that he saw in color. Mm. These are the things that, um, you know, really impacted him. And when he had seen a Western, all of a sudden he saw what his dad did yeah. as being like a good guy in a Western. Like that's how movies impacted him, yeah. right? All that stuff is here. And I and I think it's very beautiful. In fact, I kind of wish it was more like the the like the real driving central theme of the movie instead of the, you know, the trauma stuff, instead mm-hmm. of the, you know, um, uh, the the actual stuff that was going on with why they had to move and stuff. I almost wish that was a little more background because mm-hmm. I think when it tries to go deeper into that stuff, it loses a little bit of all the beautiful child, you know, mm. like stuff. There are things the movie wants us to understand that I don't know if we're going to stick in Kenneth Branagh's perspective as a child that he yeah. would understand that way. Yeah. And so it kind of, it, it kind of occasionally for me felt a little bit um, like we were moving in and out of two different movies. Mm-hmm. It wasn't distracting. It wasn't bad. I still really liked it, but it, I almost kind of, you know wanted it to be more centralized on either you know just the nostalgia. In fact, that's what what, what I would have preferred. Yeah. Or really getting into the nitty gritty of the thematically, it makes it a bit messy, doesn't it? Jumping from just a little bit, just a little side. bit, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Well, I think what the intention, uh, I think what the intention is, is that. He's seeing certain elements, you know, as the Westerner, as, you mm-hmm. know, the action movie. But then reality hits. And I think that that's what those moments are, where it jar- mm-hmm. where it feels very jarring and it goes back to those, uh, you know, with the, with the gangs and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, this isn't a movie anymore. This is real life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the scenes at the very end of this movie are very gripping because you see a kid who doesn't understand what's going on or why he's in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah. 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 I like that. Uh, any final thoughts? Anybody have uh, one last thing? No post credit scene. 
Um, no, yeah, my last thing, we kind of touched on it earlier, is just how, even though it's dealing with the big thing, it's how disciplined and small the story is. It really does focus on the one family, the the personal troubles that they're going through. And I think the ambition could be to make it too big and too sweeping and lose sight of what it's trying to go for. Um, so I actually kind of like that it wasn't as, wasn't as punchy as Roma, wasn't as deep and heavy because i could sure i could happily go back and watch this tonight i, I like roma but i don't think i could go back and watch it every single you're night. absolutely right no i 100 percent agree in fact my one last thing is similar in that in a in a year of and this is not out of the ordinary but awards contenders that are two and a half two hours mm-hmm. and 40 minutes long mm. belfast is 90 minutes it. long we didn't 90 talk about minutes that. long 90 minutes is glorious um, so good and it's just a it's just a nice little sweet crunchy bar yes, of a movie yeah condensed uh-huh uh there you go that is uh belfast um it is playing in many different theaters you'll have to check your local listings to see if it's showing near you um all right let's move on to come on come on when you think about the future how do you imagine it'll be What will stay with you? And what will you forget? (laughs) How will your city change? Will families be the same? Keeps asking me why we don't talk. You could tell him the truth. Mom died and got into all that weird stuff. That weird stuff of our entire lives. A documentary filmmaker whose latest project involves gifted children bonds with his smart yet sensitive nephew, whose father struggles with bipolar disorder and is in the grips of a manic episode. Uh, Come On, Come On stars Joaquin Phoenix uh, in the lead role. Scoot McNary, by the way, playing the um, the father, uh, who's mostly in the background of this movie. Uh, Mike Mills directed it. what do you guys think of Come On, Come On? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, kick us off this time. Low side of liked it. Okay, okay. Uh, Ian, what do you got? High side of liked it. Nearly, nearly, nearly come back to me next year. But yeah, high side <laughs> of liked it. Uh, good week for you. You're yeah. loving these movies. I am. Um, I'm leaning more with Andrew on this mm-hmm. one. Uh, I'm actually battling the high side of just okay is I think where I'm going to land on this. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with high side of just okay. And we'll talk about the reasons as we get into it more. But once again, Ian, you liked it the most. So tell us, uh, tell us about your <laughs> I love think for Come Ian's on, Come just on. saying that he loves these movies just so he, gets so he can go first. I just like to go first yeah. so I can dictate anything. Yeah, like the, the good Brit that I am, you must all follow me. <laughs> yes. And yeah. <laughs> impose my will upon you all. Exactly. Um, I loved it. I am such a sucker for Joaquin Phoenix. Um, Mm. He, in my eyes, can do no wrong. I will watch him um, read the script to Belfast and play every part, um, <laughs> and I'd have a very happy afternoon. I'll watch that. That sounds yeah, great. He's fantastic. Yeah, sound cool. He, especially when he plays an anxiety-driven role and, and stuff along those lines, and that's probably, that might be why this is another film that I related to a lot, like Belfast. Like Belfast, geographically related to, like, thematically related to, um, come on, come on, a lot. Um yeah, I love how quirky it was. Um, to begin with, like the first 10 minutes where he's just talking into the mic and he's kind of repeating over and over again. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to kids and doing interviews. Mm-hmm. I was like, where are we going with this? But mm-hmm. the more it stuck with that and the more um, it overlaid all of that, um, the more it kind of 
hit me and just the more I enjoyed it and the kid in this equally great week for child actors he's yeah. so so good he is frustratingly adorable and just you want him to shut up and never see him again but at the same time <laughs> you just want to look after him as well and just Woody Norman sit down and listen is yeah. uh, the actor's name Woody Norman he's um, great plays Jesse absolutely great yeah um, don't understand why it's in black and white that really wound me up as we mentioned well me and Aaron watched this together and we several times said, hmm, wouldn't that scene be great in color? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is the thing with the black and white here. It really is one of my, my bigger negatives, and I don't mean to go into the negatives so soon, but since you mentioned it. It's mm. a pretentious art house. It yep. really is. Mm-hmm. I, I, It's okay. Do what you're going to do. I know cinematographers love it for some reason. They, they think it adds some uh, texture, and they're probably right in some way. Yeah. I just know for me personally... I just go, man, how beautiful would that have sh- shot have been yeah. with the entire rainbow of colors yeah. that we exist with every uh-huh. day? It's like it just strips an interesting tool from the tool belt. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to take that tool away, uh, it better be for, for me, better be for a good reason. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't find the reason. It's almost like, well, we're going to have less to like less to deal with and we have less to worry about if we put it in black and white. We can just focus on the story. Yeah. yeah. Kind of lazy. Yeah. Because yeah. the big, and obviously I'm talking about a negative here, but the big thing in this movie is that it's a journey of these two going on a trip around the U.S. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so, and not only it's them, but you actually have Joaquin Phoenix interviewing kids who live in different parts of the country. So it's a shame that you don't get to see the vibrancy of these areas. You don't get mm-hmm. to see the bright sunniness of the West Coast. You don't get to see the chilling cold air and the red brick of New York City. And you don't get to see the vibrant colors of New Orleans. You know, you don't get to see all of that. Yeah, that and, parade. Like, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You've got a parade in New Orleans and it's I, in black and white. I, I believe you mean, come on, come on. Come on, come on. <laughs> come on, come on. Come on. Show me some color. Come on, come on. Um... Here's why this movie is a little bit higher for me, and maybe this is why I have it higher than Aaron. Mm -hmm. Because I found a lot of what this movie is talking about to be relatable. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's going to be the thing that really sets this movie apart. If you're not into art house, you know, kind of cliche art house movies, then the thing that might draw you in is a sense of like, oh, this film is speaking to me. You know, like mm-hmm. growing up with bipolar disorder, growing up with an adult that has bipolar disorder, you know, I'm like, oh, I get that, I get that. Or, uh, you know, the way uh, some characters, like the relationship with one parent versus another, you know, I'm like, oh, I mm-hmm. get that, I get that. So having those things to latch onto this movie did a really good job of making me think about my own life. But that could also be a negative because if all the movie is doing is making me think about my own life, I'm not really thinking about the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sure. I'm not really focusing on performances. I'm not focusing on you know set design or anything like that. I'm focusing on myself. And it becomes very you know introspective. Which is fine, and we can do that, but I also want to appreciate the thing that I'm watching. Uh, I think that everybody's performance, including the young kid in this movie, everybody's fine. Uh, I don't think that anybody's giving a career performance in this movie. Uh, It's just... If it wasn't for that sense of familiarity, I would probably be right where Aaron is, maybe even a little lower. Because... 
an art house film that doesn't have much to say beyond what I can relate to is pretty boring. And I'm afraid that could be the case with some people going to see this movie. Just like, oh, I, what I'm, is this? Mm-hmm. I'm certain. I'm certain yeah. some people will have that experience with this. I mean, obviously, every movie has something to say, but different people connect two different things that are being said. Um, yeah. I, you know, for me, really, the only thing that connected me to the movie and keeps me from, you know, even like the didn't liked it, uh, category is I, I really bought into the relationships. Like mm-hmm. I really bought into how Jesse was teaching Johnny things, you yeah. know, like in, in vice versa. And, you know, the, the, it felt really authentic to me. That relationship felt like a, um, an uncle nephew, an uncle who doesn't have kids, who's trying to figure it out, who doesn't realize you never turn away from a child in a busy nope. oh my goodness. <laughs> situation. Wow. Um, yeah, so like I bought it. I, I really bought the relationship, and I think that's the main reason I connected to it enough to say it was okay, you know, mm-hmm. even high yeah. side of okay. Um, but other <laughs> than that, there's really not much here for me. I just like, no. you know... I, I think it's it's pretentious. Pretentious is such a loaded word, and uh, and can sound very judgmental. But what I mean by it is that there is there is art being uh, artified here. Yeah. <laughs> that it's that, forced that, art that that feels to me as if it is unnecessary for what the movie is trying to do or say. Totally um, get it. Yeah. Beyond the black and white choice, uh, there's a lot of a lot of narration mm-hmm. in this movie and it's sure it's couched in in a way that that doesn't make it like narration it's actually a podcast or whatever yeah um you know great but year for is. podcasts and movies uh <laughs> joaquin's mm. phoenix uh joaquin phoenix original character name was podcast but yes. then they found out ghostbusters afterlife stole took it that, oh so yeah they, they had yeah. to change it um but uh but yeah there there is this this ongoing narration of here's how i'm let me tell you how i'm feeling yeah. and even the kid does it a couple of times it's you a know, little it's, bit preachy it is a little it? bit much this is what the world yeah. should be like. yeah so yeah. i, I kind of would have yeah. been quite happy to cut out that i don't care well, like what his job is going to be just cut out the interviews well I, i'm f- i'm fine with listening to that podcast yeah you understand the yeah, difference huh? like i, don't need it I would movie. love to hear what uh, mm-hmm. adolescents have to say about what they think the future is going to totally. be like and yeah. i like those those you know moments in the movie uh I, like i like the actual audio that i'm hearing but mm-hmm. i'd rather just listen to that podcast than have that be 60 percent of a movie yeah. Yeah. that is trying to tell me some i think something about growth in relationships yeah, in you know expanding yourself it's so um, many different messages like mm-hmm. this isn't a this isn't a film about saving the future and making the world right. a better place this is about relationships and anxiety mm-hmm. so it's it, it it took up so much of the movie and just slammed the brakes on when mm-hmm. it felt like we were building momentum right right yeah <laughs> Also, uh, this is, again, personal, but it's also what I thought was funny. If you grow up in a house where, uh, let's just say, you know, you were to walk off in a store or something, and uh, the parent finally caught you or found you or something, and they yelled at you, the idea of them apologizing to you for yelling at, or for yeah. yelling at you in a store is unheard of. <laughs> it's not unheard of, but no, I'm yeah. s- but no, I'm saying if you grew up in a house where, Correct. you know, I'm like that's what I'm saying is like, 
Okay, so there's some parental... I may not be a parent, but I remember being a kid and I remember having parental judgment thrown down upon me with a mighty hammer. And I don't remember <laughs> this kind of sympathetic, let me try and understand you. It's, Next you time need I'm to let you listen to what I'm telling you right now or the world will murder you. That's, yeah. that's the kind of parental upbringing I'm familiar with. And so whenever I see this, I'm like, is that really how people try and you know raise their kids? It's interesting. I don't. I don't see how that would work. Where's the fear? Where's the terror? Why, why <laughs> yeah. aren't you trying to scare this child into into you know submissiveness? Yeah, I I will say uh, that is uh, probably the kind of parent I often am. <laughs> is the I'm sorry for yelling at you, parent. Uh, it is is definitely at my core to be like. But that's the kind of. Uh, person i am i take a lot of blame even when it's not mine yeah <laughs> so, yeah you went across the pond just to turn down the temperature yeah. and Ian's i'm right. sorry the it's office right. that i've invited you into is too warm <laughs> and not to your liking yes yeah exactly uh so anyhow yeah i i do identify with that a little bit but you're you're not wrong there is there is definitely an element of parenting that uh that is i think even the best of us uh you know have those fine go get hit by a car uh, moments <laughs> you know like that'll learn you yeah that's... you don't need to do that once. okay fine hey go get bit by that snake we'll see how you feel afterwards yeah yeah or the yeah. hey take that fork and plug it into that light socket yeah i bet you won't do that again well just yeah. just remember to i'm not draw saying the that's snake. personal i'm not saying no. that's personal memory sure. or anything yeah. sure the, just yeah. remember to draw the snake so that we can tell what type it is and we can get the empty <laughs> that's right we'll get the right correct uh-huh. antivenom yeah. yes exactly uh any other thoughts on come on come on um any loads i could do this I mean, for like an hour and a half yeah yeah what else you got let's go for it um yeah, i loved here. the switch from dealing with so um oh good lord his name is not johnny it is johnny mm-hmm. um johnny and his sister how they deal with their mother and he is indulging yeah. her in the fantasy and she's like what are you doing this is so damaging mm-hmm. And then the switch to indulging her son's fantasy and Johnny doing the opposite and saying, this is nonsense. He's not Mm -hmm. an orphan. I was like, that is, for me, that was so, so good how they like, they Mm -hmm. went to polar opposites and eventually it's so beautiful when Johnny comes around to great. The the novelty of having a day with the kid compared to having him for like a month where Mm -hmm. it's just like, screw it you're an orphan <laughs> i just need you to go to bed right yeah, let's yeah, play yeah. the orphan game let's play the orphan game how I guess. quickly your yeah. um not your standards but your tolerance slips when you yeah. are just berated constantly by right like when you've when you've only known nightmare. like a friend from england over zooms <laughs> and then you invite them into their you your home them and, they, weeks. and they walk around about naked the temperature and, 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 yeah yeah and the, the host just walks into your bedroom at six in the morning <laughs> that asking happened. for the van keys yes yeah yeah that seems to come from a very personal place that Ian. was very specific <laughs> Uh yes. Uh, I just I I don't know why, but I just imagined you guys in a New Orleans jazz funeral or kind of like a parade, and Ian is riding on Aaron's back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep. Nice. Faster, nice. faster. Uh, Andrew, any? Do you have one last thing? Any other things you want to talk about? I mean, there's more interviews with kids during the credits, but uh, right, really quickly on that. The completionist in me, because uh, I'm I'm right with Aaron, I had to listen to every damn interview, so it worked. Mm-hmm. I watched all of the credits because I had to listen to all of it, just in case I missed something important, which I did not. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to stay through all those interviews. No. Nope. Uh, yeah. yeah. Download the podcast later. Yeah. Um, Kids. 
<laughs> yeah. I uh, I don't really have anything else to mention about this. I could uh, cede my uh, one last thing to the gentleman from England uh, if he has another thing that he wants to talk about. Um, I memory the last that it's how the conversation they have where um, Johnny's like, you're not going to remember any of this. And he's mm-hmm. just like, what do you mean? Of course I'm going to remember it. I was like, no, you won't. Like, you'll remember bits of it. Um, and like when you're when you're 18, when you're 19, mm-hmm. this will be a fun memory. You might remember something you ate, but the stuff right now that is really important that's happening, you're not going to remember it. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Damn you, movie! You are right." And I hate it because there are things in our lives that we will not remember <laughs> mm-hmm. unless we get a reminiscence machine. Right, we're just which is dangerous because then you just get lost living in the good memories instead of actually <laughs> living your life. Yeah, um, and then so, New York floods, and then you know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah that's it. And then Hugh Jackman rips his shirt off and does something ridiculous. I mean, that's the good part. That's but the, yeah, that's yeah, the that's, great part. <laughs> we talk, that's that's the thing I'm going to reminisce about. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the memory you revisit. But yeah, yeah, it was just I. But then I also morbidly like being reminded about that stuff. It's it kind of helps you live in the moment a bit mm-hmm. more. So yeah, that themes i liked the themes in this movie there's just a lot of them yeah, no, yeah it's trying right. to do a lot there is there is yeah for sure well there you go that's come on come on uh it is also playing in theaters uh so check and see if it's playing near you uh before we head on to the best ever challenge just a thank you to our sif pop members thank you for supporting sif pop uh the website thanks you the podcast thanks you i thank you my mother thanks you my father thanks you i don't know what's happening here uh but you are very you are very much loved and thanked for uh your support of sif pop it really does mean the world to us we could not do all the things we do uh without that so it is much appreciated if you are interested in seeing what that's like and what some of the um perks are to doing that uh, that we talk about you can just check it out at patreon patreon.com slash sift pop support starts at three dollars a month and there's different perks at different levels uh this month the uh the member hangout that we do monthly is usually for a certain level we're opening up to everybody as a christmas present so uh that'll be available to all sift pop members um a live q a that will be happening this month so uh yeah check that out at patreon.com slash At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker. Engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
All right, let's move into the best ever challenge. We're going to do best ever Joaquin Phoenix movies. He's been in some stuff. Um, one or two things. We'll go from number five to number one. Of course, you can trump if you've got it higher than somebody else. Um, Aaron, you go first. I will do so. My number five is Walk the Line. Trump. Um, oh, all right. Ian's going to trump Walk the Line. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, I guess, Ian, that means you can go next. Um, I'm desperately trying to change the rules of the BEC here. <laughs> I really am. You know, I, this is this is an ongoing <laughs> thing with you. It's like, I'm going to come into your podcast and tell you how it should go. But until you get it right, then the British I'm going to keep doing it. It is. It is. Right. So this isn't the best film that this isn't the fifth best film he's been in but i really like him in it um you were never really here okay. which has one of the most frustratingly vague titles because whenever i i had to google it to remember what the film was mm. i was like you were you were over there or something that happened <laughs> you were here? over there <laughs> like, i couldn't remember what it was uh-huh. but yeah. i really like it's another kind of anxiety riddled performance um uh i re- it's a weird weird one it's closer to the joker than it is to come on come on um yeah. but some part of my brain really enjoyed that. Don't know yeah. that I ever want to watch it again, but it had it had an impact. Yeah, it's interesting. He 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 has several movies with titles like that, right? Yeah. Like I I'm not here. You were never really here. Yeah. Who's who's Don't here tomorrow? Yeah, whose line is it anyway? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Little did you right. know, Joaquin Phoenix is actually just Wayne Brady. You know, in his greatest performance of all time. Mm, that's true. That would be okay. that would be something else. That would be something else. You guys, else. that that joke did not land for you. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably missing some context. I'm a big Wayne Brady fan, so I'll allow it. Uh, so, uh, Andrew, what do you have at number five? Uh, using the correct BEC rules, I am using the correct BEC rules. Refuses to. It's the whole. Listen, <laughs> Come Ian, on, do it's it. the whole angle of the BEC. That's like the whole like twist is that it's not actually about like the best Joaquin Phoenix performances. It's about the best movies. What a dumb twist. <laughs> Easy there, Shyamalan, just because you have to have something in it. Hey, uh, we're, not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not talking about Shyamalan Yeah, we're yet. not too Shyamalan no? yet. No, okay. not yet. Uh, Andrew, what do you got at number five? The Master. Yeah, good nice. choice. This is, this is one I definitely need to rewatch. I, I have it in my honorable mentions, but mm-hmm. I, I need to rewatch this because I've kind of fallen in love with PTA recently uh, more than I ever have. And I think I wonder I, why. Hey, I, I wonder if you think that his next new movie is any good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will find out possibly. Yeah, uh, next week. <laughs> possibly next week. Uh, yeah, but you know, there's there's this interesting thing where I will never, I don't think ever, ever, ever come around on Inherent Vice. I think that movie is an absolute mess. It's, it's so a terrible bad. film. But the master, I'm. I think I might see some things I didn't see the first time if I watch it again. But go ahead, yeah, Andrew, talk about the the master. Well, uh, you know, it's it's obviously it's the L. Ron Hubbard, you know, Scientology mm-hmm. kind of story. Uh, it's this, they don't explicitly say it, but we know what it is really talking about here. Mm-hmm. This is a masterclass in performance movie. It's everybody given the best performance that they can possibly give. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is stellar in this. Joaquin Phoenix is transformative. The scene with them interviewing each other or where uh film seymour hoffman is interviewing uh, walking phoenix in the hull of that ship and he's asking those questions and he's not allowed to blink is like one of the most you know uh if uh like compelling and like 
anxiety inducing and they're just talking and he's just asking him you know uh spitfire questions and he's mm-hmm. like Ooh, i am so infatuated with what is going on yeah and the relationship that this poisonous relationship that develops between joaquin phoenix and philip seymour hoffman is stellar mm-hmm. yeah it, it i think it's a it's it's one movie where i could see some people calling this pretentious art house sure but i think that there's a level of performance given off by all the actors that is there's more than enough for somebody to to chew on here mm-hmm. yeah good call the master and at number yep. five uh i think that brings it back to me for my number four um this is where i get into the Shyamalan a little bit uh because i like the village more than most people uh so i have the village at number four um i don't expect a lot of people to jump on board the uh this train but uh i have rewatched it even within the last couple years and man there's a lot of good stuff in this movie i really do think and i will sound like a broken record every time i talk about this i really (laughs) i really do think this is a movie more maligned for a predictive twist than it is for actually being a bad movie yeah it Um, sounds that way uh you know a, a lot of people figured out the twist before the movie and to them that meant it must not be good mm-hmm. and um i highly recommend you go ahead and there's actually two twists i mean there's several story turns but there's two kind of major story turns in this movie feel free to read about them feel free to spoil yourself and then go watch and like you know for the craft of the film and the yeah. story that it's telling i need to rewatch um, it um but yeah i do i really dig the village so that is my number 4 uh, Ian, what is your number four? This is where I have walked the line. Well, let's talk about it then. Yeah. Um, I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> moving so, on. Uh, moving on. I watched this, um, uh, I think it was the year it came out. So 2008 or seven, something around that kind mm-hmm. of time. And didn't know anything about Johnny Cash being like a 17, 18 year old Englishman. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, I obviously knew the name, but just watched it. Because I think a friend was, yeah, a friend was super into Johnny Cash. And now they talked the whole way through saying, well, I don't think that happened. And that's not right. (laughs) Regardless, that's the worst. Regardless, I really, really enjoyed it. And um, it was one of the first kind of love stories in a film that I appreciated. Because even as I was a teenager, I was fed up of the cliche stuff. And this didn't feel cliche. It felt Mm -hmm. really... um, uh, nuanced and unusual and complicated and toxic and brilliant um and yeah just he's great he's he's absolutely brilliant in it yeah i don't uh i don't have much to add to that um i i think this this movie is interesting because the uh you know the the parody that came the out. Dewey Cox. Yes, yes, is is so on point Walk that hard. it that it almost like steals some <laughs> love from it, and it, and I keep having to remind myself it's okay. You can parody something, yeah. and the original can you can still love the original for what it is. Uh-huh. Um, but man, yeah, I, I really do enjoy this movie. So yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, growing up in the Ozarks, I remember. In high school, whenever Johnny Cash passed away, I think it was 2002, 2003, somewhere around there, the school had to take a moment of silence whenever Johnny Cash died. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those things like it was a, it was a, an event. And, uh, yeah, uh, he gives, 
an incredible performance and uh i almost said renee zellweger but that's not right at all no <laughs> uh i'm trying to remember who she, it was uh reese witherspoon right reese witherspoon yeah she yeah. played june carter and uh she gives a really good performance too so yeah it's it's a great movie and it really shows the the darkness that that man was fighting yeah mm-hmm. so, yeah yeah totally good movie good pick it was my uh, first honorable mention. Number four for you, Andrew. For me, well, I'm going to go with Joker. Troy. Yeah. Oh, wow. I would have never predicted uh, somebody would have Joker higher than Andrew would. Um, he <laughs> loves that movie. That's going to love, love it. Aaron, Aaron let should let room. you know. I love, I love all of the movies on my best ever challenge oh, yeah. list. Yeah, so. he's been in some good ones for sure. All right, on to our number threes. Uh, I fully expect this to get trumped. This is where I had Gladiator. Uh, yeah, I was going to do all the trumping. <laughs> so, uh, Eric, uh, Ian, how do you have a list? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's on I your think list? You're, you're breaking another rule. The best effort challenge. You can't just trump everything. <laughs> no, I will. Uh, Ian, what is your number three? Um, Joker. Yeah, because I am one ahead. So Correct. it is now. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so yeah, yeah. Joker. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, I uh, I would never ever recommend this film to anybody uh, ever <laughs> at all. Not one. Uh, no, I no, I honestly wouldn't because it is a tough watch, and I think if I personally recommended it, th- it, it casts more judgment on me than it does the film. It's like you, speci- <laughs> you have an entire library of films that you that I could have watched. Mm-hmm. You specifically recommended Joker, um, but I I love it. Um, I kind of ignore it as a Batman story. I don't need the Bruce Wayne mm. being young and whatever nonsense in it. But the story itself and his unhinged performance um, uh, is great. I love it. The tone of the film I really like. Um, I don't know why. It's a world I like to swim in. I am here to say that you get to love what you yeah, love. Uh-huh. Andrew, speak Got some it. more about how great this movie is. <laughs> no, it's well, this is... <laughs> This is Joaquin Phoenix's best performance, and I just rewatched this the other day. I just rewatched this movie the other day. I, I do disagree, and I say that I would recommend this movie because it's a it's a type of movie that I think is actually important. Not from the whole <clears throat> mental health <clears throat> perspective, we can push that aside for what I'm about to say. I think that it's important to show that you don't need to have a hero in a movie. I like um, that. Yeah. You and it's something you barely ever see. You you can feel pity for Arthur mm. Fleck, but you don't have to empathize with him. You know, empathy is mm-hmm. something that you can relate to. You don't empathize with Arthur Fleck. You feel pity for him and you feel sorry. And yes, he's the bad guy in this, but also the other bad guy is society who allowed and nurtured this type of individual to come into existence and if you think about if you think about joker as a batman character and you think about how diabolical and villainous and psychotic he is then this as an origin story would make sense kind of except for the fact that the Joker is a brilliant mastermind, and I don't see Arthur Fleck really as a brilliant mastermind. No, you know? not yet. Not where we so, see him. So having that kind of tie into the Batman universe is fine. 
Batman's my favorite DC character, so I'm always going to allow any movie that wants to try and, you know, nuzzle its way into the Batman universe. I'm, I'm all for it. But if you take out that element and you just look at Arthur Fleck as an individual as opposed to who he will become, I think that this is a fascinating watch, and I think it's an important watch, and I think that, you know, we need more movies like this because it starts a conversation. You can't, you whether or not you like this movie or you hate this movie, you have to admit that this movie started conversations. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, Great. Well, well said. Well said, gentlemen. Well said. Well, we, Aaron, what do you this. think about no, Joker? No, no, <laughs> no. Glad you guys had a great time. Uh, let's move on to Andrew's number three, right? It's your turn for your number three. Uh, uh, it's going to get trumped, but uh, I'll go with signs. Trump? Yeah, I will trump. Th- how? How? You, Ian? How? <laughs> how? Left. <laughs> I am so confused. Uh, well, I have no. I followed the rules. No, I'm sure you did. I'm 100 percent sure you did. Uh, so let's move on to our number twos. This is where I have signs. Still trumped. Trump. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, still trumped by Ian. <laughs> Back to me. I just really want to take over. Ian, what do you have at number two? Gladiator. Trump. Uh, and, <laughs> How do you like it? Uh, uh, How do you like it? No, I'm out. I don't. I don't. Like it. <laughs> Uh, Andrew, what do you have at number two? Uh, this may be a record for most trumps in a row. <laughs> no, you you want to hear it because it's gonna get it's gonna happen again. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Right Go now, yeah. number two is her. Trump. All no, right, that's great. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well. I think that brings us to our number one. Number one. We completely skipped everybody's number two. Yeah, I no, don't think have... that's ever happened where we skipped and everybody's the last number three. Row. Was that? I think that was four in a row. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's that was amazing. Uh, I get to talk <laughs> about my number one, which is her, which Andrew yes. had at number two. Um, I've talked about it many, many times before. I also have recently thought about this movie quite a bit with another movie that I'm not sure we'll talk about on the show at all. So I will mention it here, but it is an awards contender this year called Swan Song uh, that will be on Apple TV+. Plus. I just saw it recently, and it reminded me a lot of her in the way that it envisions how technology is going to interact with Mm -hmm. us in the future. And just that same kind of sense of maybe not quite to the level of her, especially considering her is now like nine years old. No, it's not. And, and right. It's not that old. Wasn't it 2012? You're probably wrong. 2013, maybe. Um, You can look it up. Anyways, (sighs) um, it's, it's been, it's been at least a few years. 2013. Yeah. Wow. That's disgusting. So, um, it's you know we're we're already seeing more and more of the ideas in her you know becoming more real with the way our assistants are understanding more you know nuanced language and all that kind of stuff but um beyond that her is just this incredible movie not just about how the technology feels authentic but how the relationship to technology feels authentic mm-hmm. the idea that we have some reckoning to do with our relationship to uh, technology and how much we do love our phones and how much we do actually love, love our mm-hmm. phones. Like, you know, yeah. like it's, it's like real interesting stuff. So yeah, her is, her was, you know, prescient from the time it came out and will continue to be. So yeah. I think as we head into the future and Spike Jones man, went to the future. Yeah. That's what it yeah, feels this, like. Yeah. 
I know I love it. I haven't seen it. I, yeah. it from the tra- I remember the trailer coming out, and I knew I'm going to love this film. Just never got around mm, to yeah. it. So it's, yeah. it's edging up high on my list to watch. Nice. Uh, all right, Ian. Ian. We didn't talk about Gladiator. No, it's interesting. We're gonna. Was it just Next. Neither? Had it? Or was it? Was it? Who's it's my number yeah, one? Yeah. Right. Okay. Good. Oh, you trumped <laughs> now, me. But good. now we're talking so about your number one. My, which it's your number is... one now, Ian. <sighs> signs. Signs. We're there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Signs was Science, Ian's yes. number one, my number two, and Andrew's number three. Number three. Nice. So, yeah. Good. Glad someone's keeping track. Um, I think <laughs> I've even talked about Signs on this show before. Possibly. Right. Great. It's brilliant. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, doesn't really rely on its twist at all, which is probably where. Um, yeah, I wonder if the twist was more guessable. Maybe it would have had the village treatment, possibly, because <laughs> um, it feels as arbitrary as that, as you've said, but. Yeah, love this film and um, Joaquin Phoenix's childlike character is a treat. It's so good. It is interesting. I developed when uh, looking at old that came out this year, mm. um, which I know a lot of people hate, and I totally understand. I like um, it. I, well, I know actually everybody that was on the yeah, show that sure. week liked it. Was liked that it. you? Yeah, that Were was me on? as well. I was yeah, on that show. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the three Didn't of us actually it. all enjoyed it. it. All right. But yeah. I remember in thinking about that uh, movie, just how much M. Night loves, you know, telling stories almost to children. You're like, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost telling yeah. a child's story every time he tells a story. And there's always, it's always through the perspective of a child. In this case, it's kind of a grown up child, um, you know, but mm-hmm. that shot of them on the couch. And, you know, it's just like, there's something <laughs> yeah. about childlike yeah. With the foil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, that he really loves. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this movie is spectacular as yeah. well. Um, I think so, that yeah. out of all of Shyamalan's movies, the the twist in this one was the most metaphorical slash spiritual, whereas all the others were storytelling twists. Mm-hmm. And I think that this one was just, you know, the symbolism behind the twist itself is what set it apart. It's such a good movie. It's one of the best alien invasion movies ever made. Um, Totally underrated, totally underappreciated. Mel Gibson is stellar in this. So is Joaquin Phoenix. So is Kieran Culkin. Uh, I mean, everybody. I mean, who who isn't in this movie? You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's crazy. Also, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Brown is none of this, but is I think it's Abigail Breslin is the little girl. Mm-hmm. But uh, Aaron, you hit on something that we kind of have talked about before, and that's the uh, the childlike wonder of the way that Sh- uh, Shyamalan makes his movies, mm-hmm. and you can see that in the performances by the actors in yeah. their movies because they're not natural. No, they're they're there's something very uncanny valley-ish about the way these people like uh, i guess that's kind of how a human you know communicates or you know verbalizes their feelings i mean we're getting close but, it's uh, wild it's wild when people act like the more recent Shyamalan movies are like the acting has changed in some way and is now bad go back and watch the sixth sense mm-hmm. you know bruce willis is doing this same kind yeah. of stilted mm-hmm. you know um like that's always been his thing is just yeah. you know very deliberate performances um so yeah that's interesting uh, it might just work better with bruce willis that could be yeah, the case we're you just know. used to it from him yeah but um <laughs> yeah, something like that 
Speaking of, Ian, did you ever watch uh, Cosmic Sin, the worst movie ever made? <laughs> um, no, I think you've talked to me about... You've definitely yeah. talked yeah, to me about this on the yeah. show. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. No, I'm still not sure I will. Aaron, have you seen it yet? <laughs> no, it's really hard for me to get excited about watching the worst, <laughs> the worst movie, movie ever, ever made. made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Especially when I've already seen Chronicles <laughs> of Riddick. That's right, that's right. Uh, all right, on to your number one, mm. Andrew. Uh, Gladiator. The Gladiator. My number three, Ian's number two, mm-hmm. Andrew's number one. Um, yeah. It's amazing. We did we Drop. did amazing stair steps there. Yeah. Uh, we so, did, yeah. but I think Ian, you know, I think Ian, what, did you trump 14 times this episode? <laughs> yeah. An I was aiming for 15. An unfathomable amount weird. of trumping. Uh, but no, it's a, uh, no, uh, Gladiator, yeah. Uh, it's just such a grand scale of a movie. The and I, I don't think we see many movies like Gladiator anymore. The uh, where you feel like you're watching a spectacle at the same time you're watching an Oscar, you know, winning best picture movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, be- because uh, when you think of like the the cliche, I guess you could say, uh, like Academy Award best picture, they're very intimate personal stories. Where Gladiator, yes, you're following uh, Maximus around, but the world that he is traveling in and the places he goes, it feels so vast and incredible. And you have to give credit to Hans Zimmer's score, obviously, for being so, you know, uh, grandiose. And Mm -hmm. the visuals in this movie still hold up. The Colosseum is amazing. And Joaquin Phoenix, since we're talking about him, is one of the best movie villains ever ever in this movie you despise commodus with every fiber of your being this is really the movie where i took note of uh joaquin phoenix and i'm like oh this guy is good this guy is going to give stellar performances if he makes me hate him this much what else can he do and if you look at his career Joaquin Phoenix really hasn't been in that many movies. It's because he's a quality over quantity type of actor. He chooses roles he knows he can destroy and obliterate and make his own. So, yeah, kudos to everybody in this movie. It's one of my all-time favorite movies ever. Can't recommend it enough. Nice. Uh, Well, there you go. There's our top five. As far as honorable mentions go... Uh, Did we mention Hotel Rwanda? I was going to say Hotel Rwanda is probably worth mentioning. And uh, To Die For, I think, is worth mentioning as well with Nicole Kidman. Um, One of his first movies, uh, I think. So, so, yeah. Did you guys have any others that you wanted to mention? Uh, Nope. Just the stuff that you guys already said. There we go. All right. Let's move into our buried treasure. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about? Ian, you're our guest, so you get to go last. Uh, Andrew, are you back to your... uh, Trump. (laughs) <laughs> no. How do you no, do it? How did he do it? No, 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 yeah. No. no. Uh, Andrew, what is your buried treasure? Well, Aaron, you're right. I'm going all the way back to the list of Shamba year. Unfortunately, um, this is the year that the Hotel Rwanda genocide took place. Uh, Nancy Kerrigan's knee had a disagreement with a club. O.J. Simpson goes on a road trip in his Bronco. I turned eight years old, and a little ditty of a movie came out called... The Hudsucker Proxy. Yes, oh, bring it on. I know Aaron 
Aaron adores this. I, I think do. you said that this is your favorite Coen Brothers movie, yeah. if I'm not yeah, mistaken. It is. It it's is. on my list of shame as well. I yeah. still haven't seen it. What a fun, fascinating watch. This is a very good movie. I yeah. really like this. I really yeah. like this a lot. Surprisingly, though, I didn't think it felt like a Coen Brothers movie. Oh, if, interesting. If anything, it felt kind of like Tim Burton light. Mm. With the way that these sets are, you know, so, I guess, bombastic, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the offices that the CEOs have are just yeah. so incredibly huge and they had just have the little tiny desk, you know. And I looked up the set designer and they have worked on Tim Burton movies before. So I'm like, nice. oh, maybe it's just that's where I get this idea. But no, Tim Robbins' character is so lovable and goofy mm-hmm. and... Jennifer Jason Lee is giving her best Catherine Hepburn perf- mm-hmm. performance yeah. ever. Uh, Paul Newman, it's just great to see Paul Newman in, in stuff. <laughs> As the end of this movie was happening, um, where I'll just say a character is falling, mm-hmm. and then there's an instance with time. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be the dumbest thing I'd ever seen, but I ended up laughing so much <laughs> whenever Tim Robbins is reading this letter mm-hmm. and he yep. keeps getting fail and fall mixed up. Uh-huh. I was I was dying. I was laughing. And also it was a really fun little metaphorical moment in that in that moment of uh life and death kind of having a battle with each other, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, I like that symbolism. And the more that I'm watching like older Coen Brothers movies, like I did uh, Raising Arizona not too long mm-hmm. ago, I'm realizing that the Coen Brothers love the metaphor of death personified. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like uh, uh, in Raising Arizona, you have the the wandering rider, you know, in this mm-hmm. one you have the, uh, the, the maintenance man. Uh, obviously, the most famous one of all time is Javier Bardem as Anton Chigurh's death in No Country for Old Men, you know. But I'm, I'm noticing that more, and it, it's very fascinating, and it makes me think of all the other movies like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Like, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, the sheriff is death or the devil, you know. Uh, John Goodman and Barton Fink. And I'm like, how have I never noticed this before? But this movie is ridiculous in all the best ways it possibly can be. I agree. Yeah, so thank you, Aaron, for you know championing this movie for so many years that we've been doing this podcast, saying you really need to watch this movie. I'm glad I finally did. I had a lot of fun with this. Hula hoops, man. Hula hoops. Yeah, you know, for kids. Yeah, for kids. Uh, no, this is... Uh, is- Maybe it's just because I watched it so many times, but it also feels like it's so quotable. Um, You know, like I find myself anytime somebody's mentioning what floor something's on, I go, including the mezzanine. Oh, including Uh, the mezzanine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There's just so much fun stuff in this. Um, Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That makes me happy. I'm glad you had a good time uh, with the Hudsucker Proxy. What a terrible movie name, but it's it's so much fun. Uh, Yeah. uh, It's very hard to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll go next. Um, I'm going to go with a foreign language film that Ooh. I watched this week and is now the leader in the clubhouse for me in the foreign language category. Um, this is a uh, a Joaquin, not Joaquin, uh, mm-hmm. Joaquin 
uh, Trier movie uh, called The Worst Person in the World. Uh, Joachim is a Norwegian filmmaker, I believe, a Scandinavian filmmaker. Hmm. Um, and My this, people. this movie is, if you dig like the heart of like the last scene in La La Land where it's about, you know, relationships being complex or maybe, I don't know, 50 Days of Summer kind of deals with this a little bit. Uh, this movie is the most authentic version of that I think I've ever seen. Oh, um, nice. It really is human and authentic. There are, you know, um, a few relationships that our key character, Julie, is dealing with. Um, by the way, an incredible performance by, and I'm going to mispronounce this and I apologize, but uh, I'm going to say Renate Rensiv. Um, and she is absolutely amazing in this. Uh, beyond the beautiful themes about relationships and humanity and what what love is and what making decisions in life is about, this movie is also really creative with some of its uh, production decisions. There are some... There, there is a um, decide to get uh, mushrooms and get high scene in this movie that absolutely blew my mind. I was like, I don't know, you know, how a movie like this does this. We're getting to the place where you can pretty much, if you know your way around, you know, Adobe After Effects or whatever, that you know, people, it, you can just do whatever you want in movies mm-hmm. now with effects and stuff. And um, yeah, there's some really interesting choices. Uh, here with a lot of that stuff. Anyhow, I it's it's a fascinating watch. It's really good. I I always hesitate to do buried treasures like this because I have no idea when or where you will be able to see this movie, (laughs) and I apologize for that. You Um, selfish man. But I wanted to pass it along in case there is a time down the road where you're like, oh, the worst person in the world. Did Aaron talk about that? Like, you know, (laughs) and and maybe that'll ring in your ear a little bit. Um, If I think of it and I find that it's somewhere available, I will let you know right now. I'm sure it's just playing in art houses. I'm sure that's the only place you can find this unless maybe you you live in Norway, which is possible. Um, But anyways, it's called The Worst Person in the World. It is, uh, like I said, my leader in the clubhouse for foreign language uh, films uh, this year because I, I really thought it was spectacular. So there you go. Uh, Ian, what is your buried treasure? Um, I don't know if you guys are going to cover it on the pod or not, but I wanted to talk about um, Cyrano, oh, okay, um, yeah. which was a pleasant surprise. So we watched, uh, me and Aaron watched this the other day, back to back with House of Gucci, which was <laughs> an evening. Um, and this was the story of Cyrano de Bergerac was not something that I was familiar with at all. Um, and didn't know that there was multiple movies of it. I was just excited to see Peter Dinklage doing basically anything because he's mm-hmm. he's the best. But I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I do have the big caveat that uh, the story itself is a bit tiresome. It's really hard to root for Roxanne when she's objectively a terrible person. <laughs> um, it's, it's frustrating to see the character of um, Cyrano devote literally the remainder of his years and potentially his entire life to this one person. Mm-hmm. So I don't like the one person for one person mm-hmm. message that it puts across, but the um, this film is bonkers. Like It is absolutely <laughs> insane, considering the story is just really, really simple and you've seen it before. Um, Cyrano thinks that he's too ugly to be worthy of love um, and puts his words into somebody that Roxanne does love. Um, but the songs are really fun. Um, they're not quite memorable. They're more conversational and just continuations of 
um, conversations that are already happening, but they're in, they're fun to enjoy in the in the moment. Um, and just Peter Dinklage is just brilliant in this film. He's so so good. He's um, re- regardless of not buying into his motivations and his life choices, the way he delivers it is yeah it, it does it brings a little tear to the eye it's um it's really oh, heartfelt we do we is do have a, is this sorry is this a remake of roxanne the, the yes. steve martin movie well okay. it's not a it's not a remake well, of that which movie. is it's, it's based, based on, on the, the, the ronstone yeah. yeah or the ross rostand uh, i forget how to pronounce his name rostand yeah the, the original story the Cyrano yeah. story yeah um i i will say it is currently and things can change, especially when they're this far out. But it is currently on the schedule for us to talk about in January when it has a wide release. Mm-hmm. Um, that may or may not happen. But in case it does, I'll uh, withhold my uh, comment until then. Other than to say, uh, did not realize this was a musical until people started singing. <laughs> and we, we, we turned to each other and we were like, oh, oh it's a musical. It's a oh, musical. Fun. <laughs> Uh, and I don't also think the to Steve say, Martin one was. Uh, also to say in in that uh, lane, the music is all done by I believe no no the national the national. I almost said the weekend. Nope nope, nope not the, the weekend not the weekend the, the national. Yeah the, the national. Bro- yeah. And they're in it in the worst scene in the film. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was that. Ter- all right, I gotta I gotta withhold. I gotta withhold. Yeah no, but, no, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But yes, anyhow, the uh, the uh, the national uh, definitely did the music for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just a couple of interesting things about that. But that is Cyrano, which will be out wide, I believe, in the middle of January uh, is when it comes out wide. Nice. So there you go. I love we the did national. it. Yeah. Honestly, I have like all of their albums. Oh, nice. You will. You will. I'd be shocked if you didn't like or love this film. Then. Baby, yeah. don't talk about Reese. He's got that really good date, bassy voice. Yeah. And for uh, for the rest of the podcast, Andrew will serenade us with now, uh, go. the national don't, songs. I'll do it. <laughs> don't do tempt it. me. Don't tempt yeah. me, man. Ah, uh, we did it, guys. We did another Woo! podcast. Uh, we uh, nice. set out to do so and have accomplished all of our dreams and goals. And I'm glad to have taken this journey with the both of you. So Aww. very glad. Uh, thanks for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part, well, mostly Andrew, but also Ian. Sif Pop is Wait, part of the what? Studio Wait, DNA what? Podcast <laughs> mostly, Network. Mostly me what? I don't know which one was being insulted, but one of us or both of us was. <laughs> part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Well, thank you, buddy. <laughs> Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Hey, Phil. Thanks to Drew for doing the visuals for the video show. Yeah, buddy. And thanks to Ian for once again. What is this, like three weeks in a row? Two weeks in a row? Two weeks yeah, in a row? Maybe Last time you weeks. didn't tell me I was on the show. It was, <laughs> I, no, it was this one, actually. I got the email and I was like, am I? Oh, I didn't take any notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Surprise. Uh, anything you want to let people know about? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Witsend, um, W-H-I-T-T-S-I-N-N-E-D. I have a new podcast starting called Civ. Pop. 
Um, and on that, we review movies. I, I, I'm allowed to talk about whatever I want. It's <laughs> That's right. just me. I can try Your best ever challenge is the best performance. Mm-hmm. It's exactly right. We he actually has, he do has something the called the way. greatest ever challenge. Yeah. Uh, so, the correctest yeah. ever challenge, where we actually judge the movie based on the character performance that we're talking about that week. Mm-hmm. And when I recommend a movie, I make sure I know that it is available to be watched <laughs> by anyone listening. Okay, Cyrano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you'll be able to watch it. Just. You can watch Roxanne. That's right. That's right. Uh, All of that stuff. Uh, All of it. All of it. Uh, Thank you for being here, Uh, Ian. We're never having you on again. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) If if you want to be a Civ Pop member, uh, which we'd appreciate and love, you can do that at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Civ Pop. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. Uh, You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you want to email us, you can do that too. That's feedback at SIFPOP.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than defining your future at the age of eight uh we'll be back next week with uh more stuff looks like maybe some licorice, licorice pizza, pizza uh and uh i almost said wild wild west west side story <laughs> west side story and licorice pizza. nice we will see you then Can you imagine if Spielberg did a remake of Wild Wild West? You'd do it. (laughs) I'm so down. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.